<laughs> so hey there, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. And you are listening to Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get stoned and talk about Saturday Night Live. And we're talking about season one, episode 12, which aired January 31st, 1976, with host Dick Cavett and musical guest Jimmy Cliff. Pretty good episode. I just realized as we were getting on here that I forgot to smoke. (laughs) I'm missing something. That was it. Forgetting to smoke. (laughs) Right? I was like weirdly nervous and I'm like, why am I nervous? Oh, right. Yeah, excuse me. It was a good episode, but it was a weird episode. Definitely. Yeah, I... We got started with the cold open, which was... Chevy Chase backstage at SNL, like surrounded by a bevy of gorgeous women. And it's like, cool, orgy. Would like to be there. I hate to say it, but would like to be there. <laughs> I know. How is he getting hotter as the season goes on? Like, I, I don't like it. It's too real. I hate it, but I love it. Um, yeah. So then he leaves his dressing room and runs into Garrett Morris <laughs> This whole thing, whoa. It was a trip. I was so high. (laughs) Yeah. It was great. So Chevy Chase, they're talking, and Garrett Morris is like, no, man, I love being on the the show with you. And Chevy's apologizing, saying, I know you're not on the show a ton tonight. And he's like, no, man, it's just an honor to be here. And then once Chevy Chase walks away, Garrett Morris, like, does this little duck around look and... I thought he was going to like run into Chevy Chase's room where the women were, but that was not where this sketch went. Me too. It's like, all right. I was like, that's where my mind went. It's like, cool. You go do the show. Leave me with the babes. Sorry, instead, he um <laughs> he he goes um because Chevy Chase was like, you know, I can't do a fall this week. My back hurts really bad. And then Garrett Morris pulls out a, um, a voodoo doll and is tearing up his fucking back. Yeah. <laughs> it got to the point where Chevy Chase, uh, I guess Garrett Morris backstage, he threw the doll against the wall and the camera cuts back to the state, the main stage. And Chevy Chase has like launched himself forwards out of his chair off the stage like he has been thrown by the hand of God. It was impressively terrifying. This was after telling the audience that he got hurt last week. Yeah. So that was, I mean, I enjoyed it. I wasn't really expecting it. I figured he did get hurt and like they were just going to do some voodoo thing where he like fell out of his chair. I didn't know he was going to go airborne again. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so high. That did take me by surprise. Anyways, then Dick Cavett, his monologue. Um, it, it was it was kind of kind of cute, I guess. But also, as kind of sometimes like, dude, right? Slow it down. was. Oh God, I would say it was like Mike Birbiglia esque, but it was like quicker. It was like a combination of John Mulaney and Mike Birbiglia. Ah, John Mulaney and Mike Birbiglia, and it was. Yeah, um, I was honestly 
kind of distracted by his jawline the entire time because that man had like the most perfectly sculpted jaw it was yeah what i got from that was a good looking face yeah everyone was so pretty if that's the main takeaway from this podcast it's that gilda would have fucked everybody she was around then everybody anyway um yeah he said he was so disillusioned with politics and i was like bro no you're not you don't know what's coming yeah right i'm like chill out dude (laughs) uh he had a line that going to college does not make you an intellectual which i completely agree with some of the dumbest people I know went to college. Sorry. Anyway, says the woman with three degrees who's constantly tired. <laughs> <laughs> that bit was kind of funny, though. It was because, you know, he was saying, oh, I'm this host who everyone sees me as this snub because I went to college and I'm really not. And that's why I'm doing this show because it's like, you know, SNL was kind of seen as like bottom of the barrel. And he goes into this like intellectual rant where he ends up speaking French. And that was quite funny. (laughs) It was. The next sketch I did not think was very funny at all. The next sketch was, it started crazy and it got crazier. It just, at first it's like, also this sketch must have gone, I, I, I am, okay. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but basically this sketch has got to be the reason why there was no Muppets in this episode because this oh was too damn long. You're right, Anyways. there were no Muppets. I just fucking realized that I didn't get to see that horndog spread. <laughs> God damn it. I almost missed the Muppets this week and I don't really like Muppets. Wow. Literally, I would have rather seen the Muppets than whatever this bullshit was. It was weird. First, it was just kind of like, okay, this woman, Jane Curtin, is a widow and talking to her friend on the phone about this new guy that she's seeing. And he's a duck hunter. And she really loves the guy who hunts ducks. Um, and then he gets there and it's Chevy Chase. And I'm like, okay, he is kind of hot. Like, I got to give it up to her. Like, yeah, he looks good. Um, but he has shot the dog. Yeah. He, as he's coming up to the door, or he knocks, Chevy Chase knocks on the door, and as Jane Curtin's going over to answer, she hears a gunshot, and he's like, oh, shot a rabbit, it was digging in your yard, and she looks out, and she's like, oh, that wasn't a rabbit, that was my dog, Skippy, and uh, he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, she's like, it's not a problem, he was old anyway, he was practically seven in dog years, which is a year old, um, and then I, he sits down on the couch and shoots out her window. So at this point, I'm like, okay, take the gun away from this man. He keeps destroying your property. It was insane. It was just, like, I'm just sitting here and I'm trying to think through all my feelings on it. And I'm mostly just like, what, like, I have excused a lot of male behavior. <laughs> before because i like somebody i've been like okay no like that's normal that's normal but like girlfriend you gotta you gotta reel it in this guy's whack (laughs) yeah no same and no um 
it was yeah she was when when Jen Kurt was on the phone talking to her friend she's like oh he says he's coming over and he has a question to ask me I think he's gonna you think he's gonna propose and well he's gonna meet the kids and I'm like okay girl home girl he ain't even met your kids yet and you're gonna marry him right but then oh my god the kids were John Belushi <laughs> Yeah, so John Belushi comes home from school. He's like, Mom, what happened to Skippy? He looks sick. Also, the mailman's lying on the lawn. It's like, oh, God. It just got worse. Like, okay. It got worse. So Jane Curtin sends John Belushi upstairs to freshen up so they can all come down and get acquainted. And uh, she, at this point, is, like, desperate. And it was almost sad to watch but um yeah john belushi comes downstairs and chevy chase the, sh- the gun goes off and kills john belushi well kills the son doesn't kill john belushi yeah and she's like oh it's no problem we can't live in the past <laughs> i mean i was it was funny and then um lorraine newman comes downstairs was like did i just hear a gunshot and chevy chase shoots her too and Jane Curtin's like, oh, my late daughter. Like, she was so desperate for a ring. This man's murdering her children literally left and right. And yeah. And then he gets down on one knee to propose. And I think we all know what's coming. Chevy Chase shoots Jane Curtin. And then asks for a martini. And it was a mess. It was a lot and just kept going on. Like, yeah, the the daughter was dead. And then he he's he goes, this was kind of funny. He said, now that we're alone, as it were. I'm like, oh, you <laughs> killed everybody within a mile of this woman. Yeah. And yeah. then it like completely changes gears. Everyone's lying dead on the floor. And Chevy Chase is like, this has been an ad for the Bureau of uh something tobacco and firearms no robert evans hates them just some government some uh what is it m-o-u-s-e the bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms or alcohol tobacco firearms and explosives the sketch completely pivots chevy chase turns to the camera and says this was an ad for the bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms brought to you by the president's council for clear thinking and it was like Gerald Ford slam. <laughs> it was crazy. It was just a lot. It was it was why we didn't have muppets. And so um <laughs> we went from that into it was like a Dick Cavett doing an ad for his school of auto refinishing and upholstery. Yeah, didn't really get that. Yeah, and then it was like a thing. Yeah, it was one of those, it, it, it was a recurring bit, but there were multiple recurring bits tonight. And I also, the cut cards of the audience as they went to commercial were actually, I thought they were really freaking great. <laughs> they were. One focused on a guy who was like mid-20s and it was like, in quotes, says he never saw a deep throat. And it was like the audience was really good in this episode like they um I feel like it was the first audience that kind of not knew what they were coming into or getting into but like 
they were like, oh, cool. It's a comedy show. Not just like, let's go check this out. It's like, they knew what it was and they wanted to go because they thought it was funny. They definitely had their like moments of just being a good audience. I just said good, a good audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had our first musical performance by Jimmy Cliff. He performed The Harder They Come, which was the title track from the 1972 Jamaican crime film of the same name. I fucking love this song. I blazed it during the song. I danced. He danced. He danced. Yeah, he danced too. It was great. Another favorite of mine by Jimmy Cliff is You Can Get It If You Really Want. A friend introduced me to that song like a decade ago, and I still listen to it regularly. It's wonderful. So, yeah. Um, this leads into the other uh, reoccurring bit this episode, which was really funny in my opinion. It was H and L Brock. The tax fraud people. <laughs> they were, instead of H and R Block, you go to H and L Brock, where, one of, where they proceed to throughout the night list the reasons as to why you should get your taxes done there. And the number one reason is that they will cheat for you. And the number two reason is their bogus receipt service. <laughs> yeah, really just like Trump's people. Anyways, um, <laughs> but like, it was really funny. It was all just John Belushi and I enjoyed those. Yeah. And then, okay, this is the first time I've actually cackled at the opening, at the opening of a weekend update. It opened with Chevy Chase saying, honey, no, I am sure the trucker saw your head. I am sure he did. No, I don't think he thought you were napping. And it was like, roadhead joke, yes! They went for it this episode. (laughs) I was... Surprise, I liked that. I have driven across this country three times and that's all I'm gonna that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> I have dated a man. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> say Pennsylvania gets boring. Sorry, I don't even know why I just got like so high. Yeah. No. Um I wrote this down, but I don't even know what this was in relation to what I think this was the Patty Hearst artist's rendering bit um which was like the same thing but Chevy Chase was doing the voice the whole time by like plugging his nose which I thought was cute yeah and yeah the stick figures this time they were a little better they were more Warhol-ish as opposed to like eight-year-old drawing on lined paper I mean they still looked like a child did them but it looked like a child trying to do Andy Warhol an astute observation. Thank you. Um, there's another joke about Ronald Reagan's hair, but you didn't know it until afterwards because Chevy Chase is like, oh, uh, recent poll shows that the breakdown is 44 to 46 of people who would prefer a president who puts shampoo in their coffee over one who puts red dye number two in his hair. And it was like, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan slam. There we go. <laughs> I love them just doubling down on that red dye number two joke. Yeah. Uh, there was one of, uh, this weekend update contained one of the most famous Chevy Chase weekend update jokes. Uh, it's generally run in 
uh, re not recap shows, but like reunion shows or 20 anniversary shows. Um, Chevy Chase says a very popular TV personality, Professor Backwards was uh, shot and killed by three armed robbers the other day. Onlookers ignored his cries of pleh, pleh. That was a good one. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. And I mean, I knew it was coming, but it was like, oh God, I'm watching it. Here it is. I'd never seen that, but I enjoyed it in the moment. Um, they did the Angola correspondent bit again. And this time it was like, you cut to Lorraine Newman. Um, she's the correspondent. And she's with a British mercenary. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this. It was Dan Aykroyd, I think, trying to do a British accent, but he sounded Australian. (laughs) (laughs) They just kept saying, um, oh, he's been alone for eight long and lonely weeks. It's been been eight long and lonely weeks. And it's like, okay, we get it. He hasn't gotten laid. And then the bit ends with Dan Aykroyd and Lorraine Newman, quote unquote, making out. (laughs) <laughs> and then when they cut back to Chevy Chase, he's like, that was war-torn uh, Lorraine Newman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was... All right. They replayed the Felina Kitchens casserole, the cat food tuna casserole thing, which, again, I don't know why. Bring back the moment. Oh. Right, so gross. Um, and then Emily Lutella came on and talked about the eagle rights amendment i I thought this was kind of cute yeah (laughs) it was just a bunch of things about eagles having you know like human rights (laughs) yeah if we give eagles human rights birds are going to be sitting on all the benches tossing us little pieces of toast literally (laughs) this is the first emily latella bit that i actually enjoyed and i think i don't know it's becoming uh clear that they're getting more confident yeah no this was like, I was actually genuinely into it and laughing the whole time. Yeah, which, again, I wasn't expecting that. Two classic episodes in a row. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> there was another weird bit with Dick Cavett about his... This, oh God, what business was this? I can't even remember. It was, like, a school for, like, hydroplaning or some shit. A school for hydroplaning? That's what you do when you lose control of a car on a highway. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't think it was a school for hydroplaning. (laughs) Hydroplaning is terrifying. No, it was like a a boat thing. Oh, hovercraft. Was that about a hovercraft, maybe? So I I, I don't know. The only thing I wrote down for it was that he said, when you take the stick, take it from Dick. (laughs) That was all I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing was uh did you get the next bit or no well i got it as far as knowing that there is an actual play called our town but then the rest of it i just interpreted as a carousel of progress ask bit uh, with dick cavett as the animatronic <laughs> i really can't get any more specific than that <laughs> So the sketch was 
um, a performance of a of the main monologue from the play Our Town, and it was adapted for New York City, but Times Square of 1976, which if anybody has ever uh, watched The Deuce on HBO or went to New York in the 70s and early 80s, not that I did, but my parents did and I've heard about it. Um, it was sketchy as fuck, seedy, gross, slightly, uh, anyway, um, it was our town adapted for New York City. There was a Twin Trade Towers reference, which I was like, oh damn, holy shit, right, that, they're still a thing. Right? Crazy. <sighs> yeah, like, and again, I remember when SNL came back after 9-11, and it was like this really big moment of comedy of Rudy Giuliani was there. This is back when he was America's mayor, not <laughs> that shit leaking on TV. Like, I... So crazy, yeah. what the fuck? What the fuck was that picture? <laughs> oh, God. I said, have you heard the Bleacher song, Chinatown? Featuring Bruce Springsteen? sure okay i'm gonna send that to you after this so it's fucking anthemic it's amazing i love bleachers I anyway there's a line in the song um crying out the crazy black tears on your cheek i want you in my bed or something like that but black tears on my cheek i i tweeted something from the pod account it was like i don't think this is what jack antonoff had in mind when he wrote this but whatever it's not the Rudy Giuliani thing. Anyway, um, there was a joke about how you could get a decent rub job for 10 bucks in Times Square. And at this point, I was just cackling. But then the sketch got real dark real quick. A plane from Boston crashed because apparently air traffic controllers were on strike. And I was like, cool, that's not great. And then there was screaming coming from off stage. And Dick Cavett's like, oh. oh, that's old Mrs. Grossman. She's getting raped and strangled in the alley. And it's like, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Like, and he's like, eh, no one, that's how New York is. No one really, you know, no one really gets involved. It's, and like the screaming stops. And it's like, oh, she died. It was fucking graphic. Yeah, it was bad. So, yeah, and then he says, "Well, not me. I don't. I don't live in New York. Anyone who can afford anyone who can afford it lives in Connecticut or Westchester. <laughs> so where when it's sunny, it's nice out. Not like New York, where when the sun comes out, it heats up and the trash stinks, which is true. Which is why you should avoid New York City in the summer. It's so gross. Also, sometimes in the winter, because then the snow is nasty." <laughs> Is New York ever a clean place? Wait a minute. No, but honestly, I think I would prefer to go in the winter because at least then I can like strap on like boots and like a pair of like water resistant covers over. It's like they're like cute sport pants, but they fit over your jeans, but they still make your butt look nice. And um, that way your <laughs> pants don't get wet. And yeah, that way, at least if you're down there, <laughs> you don't look gross. <laughs> yeah so that there was really not much more about that sketch that was good because that was just something that they they did and so then we went into like okay well I would, okay I, I would like to say that i like the idea of adapting yeah sorry sorry i like the idea of adapting um 
our town for Times Square in New York City, I just think they could have left the graphic rape and murder off the end of the sketch. Yeah. So for real, yeah. it, it's just that they really went for it when they didn't have to. Nope. Nope. It was one of those bridges they didn't have to cross. <laughs> god so so jimmy cliff sings a song called many rivers to cross it was beautiful (laughs) yeah matt it just like fucking came together i was like oh my god i'm gonna go for it (laughs) okay so we went into another very odd bit it was dick cabot standing on the stage and he was like Okay, this is kind of a surprise. I know what it is, but I haven't seen the person. This is the Dick Cavett. This is the winner of the Dick Cavett lookalike contest. And the guy comes out and he is an overweight dude with black hair and a handlebar mustache and like real dark glasses and looks nothing like Dick Cavett whatsoever. And I thought it was going to be Michael O'Donoghue or Michael, yeah, Michael O'Donoghue. And it was not. Me too. Glad that our minds thought the same thing. I'm I'm glad that our minds thought the same thing. And I was like, confused when it wasn't Michael O'Donoghue, but I was also thrilled because I was like, wow, we're not going to have to watch someone pretend to get like stabbed in the face for a minute and a half this week. So, you know, it was a very weird mixture of feelings throughout this sketch. Instead, we watched this. Yeah. They talked about looking into a mirror and seeing each other. And I was like, well... That's what it feels like when you have body dysmorphia, maybe. But I don't think that you two look alike. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, it was very weird. And um, the next bit was slightly better, but still odd. I thought it was somewhat funny. It was... A film that focused on a tailor and a plastic surgeon. And the tailor was giving advice on the plastic surgeon's suit. And the plastic surgeon was giving the tailor plastic surgery advice. It was an interesting concept. And I kind of enjoyed it. The, like, the editing made it kind of fun. They just really went in tearing each other's fucking suit slash face apart. Um, And then... (laughs) They had to read this thing at the end. Um, the the what, what do you, the surgeon <laughs> he said that he could do a lot of tailoring to that guy's face, and then the um, the designer, oh no, the tailor was like, we could design and construct a new suit for this guy. It was just, it was cute. I think I still would have preferred the fucking Muppets. Oh my god, yes. It was, yeah. And then the next thing was also weird. This was Dance to the Nation <laughs> in which Betty Ford dances ballet while giving advice to moms who write in about issues with their kids. Um, the first one was a mom writing and thinking that her son was smoking weed. And um as she's like dancing, the first lady's like, oh, you know, now that my son realizes that weed isn't good for him, he and I are so close. He and I were hanging out the other day and he said that he had the munchies. Isn't that so cute? I was in the kitchen at 2 a.m. making chocolate chip cookies for him. 
It's like, ah, uh-huh, he gave up the pot. <laughs> the sketch ended with a, well, it was a woman writing in about her husband saying, what do you do when your husband's a klutz and can't do anything right and blah, blah, blah. And Betty Ford was like, oh God, oh God, I can't answer that. I don't have a good advice for that. Cause again, it was like the third or fourth Gerald Ford slam tonight. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, but then when they went to H&L Brock and he's saying that more reasons for you to use them for your taxes is that they pay off the IRS. Um, they have a deduction in the taxes for being an H&L Brock user. I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> The next segment was another installment of Looks at Books, this time hosted by Chevy Chase. And he was interviewing Dick the Stick Cavett, who's a Nebraskan pimp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's talking about being a pimp. Um, And then Chevy Chase is kind of trying to ask how he can... How, what'd he say just like how he oh. could pick someone up basically yeah and... I mean he was asking him how he got into the pimping business and he's like well I was messing around with Mary Lou in the backseat of my whatever the fuck 1976 car whatever it was and I realized well there's a lot of guys who will pay good money for this <laughs> it was like okay wow how does Mary Lou feel about that and then yeah right and yeah, it turns out that Chevy Chase is like, so, okay, so when I go to Grand Island, like, what do I do? Where do I go? Like, how much is it for first, for second, for third? And, you know, what, or he says, what do I have to pay to get home? And Dick Cavett is like, I would come over there and hit you if you tried to do that. Mary Lou doesn't do that. And apparently Mary Lou is the one woman in Grand Island, Nebraska for men to go see if they need some lovins. Yeah. Yeah, but she's just messing around. Yeah, she's just, yeah. Anything else? This is actually one of those times, though, where um, I'm not sure if this was scripted, but, like, Dick Havitt says something about the people in the audience having not laughed at them. And then they started laughing more. And I was like, okay, this is actually a pretty chill audience. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was really apparent at a few different points that it was like, okay, this is no longer just, I, I don't know. The, the crowd looked younger this time. The crowd shots, it was young people. The previous crowds were like middle-aged. I, I want to say like Gen Xers or young boomers, but that's not the, that's not the proper, they were like, young greatest generationers in the previous few weeks like our grandparents in the 70s when they were in their 50s you know let's think about yeah so it was a solidly boomer audience this week which for the time was a good thing for now (laughs) and then we had our third and final performance by jimmy cliff which I'm going to struggle saying this because I'm high and I wrote it down phonetically. So here we go. I believe it was. It was Jaka. Man. I, 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 I don't 
Wajaka Man. Yeah, Wajaka Man. Yeah, we're going to use yours. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be two minutes of us saying Wajaka Man back and forth to one another. And I'm sure it'll be. One of them yeah, is correct. Them, I'm sure we'll hit. Um, and our third and final H&L Brock, which I thought was fucking funny. Yeah, um, he talked about them having close ties with the underworld. Um, and then the other one was that they have easy loans. And cheap stereos. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. It's a mafia thing. It's so... so it's, oh, yeah. stereos? Stere- stereos, like cheap stereos. Like, oh, like, um, have you have you seen The Sopranos? No. Oh my god. Oh, oh, right. Because, oh, right. It's, you were born in the same year that it premiered, so I understand why you weren't watching it when it came out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. Uh, in the, it's like a uh, Tony Soprano and his crew. They'll, like, hold up box trucks on the highway and like make some of the make some of the inventory fall off the back of the truck if you know what i mean in the it's like they'll take it they'll they'll like i see oh you know their kids got new stereos for christmas it's like that's how they get christmas presents for people is like you know they'd like stick up a truck that was that that was a theme on more than one occasion i think um but yeah so no that was the number six reason is you get easy loans and cheap stereos so at that point it became very obvious to me this was a mafia front thing but the sketch ended with lorne and he was like the crowd was laughing because lorne had belly crawl or army crawled across the studio floor and was tying john belushi's shoelaces together and as the camera pulls back out you see lauren crawling back off the stage and like he reaches back for his glass of like chardonnay or white wine or whatever the fuck it was it was adorable i don't know why he had that just on the stage with him i was like damn bold right you're very confident i i don't drink (laughs) wine in wine glasses too fucking risky (laughs) and just put it down like that crawling I would have kicked that shit over so although it was white wine so it probably wasn't I mean that's not that much of an issue if it were red I would have been like dude that was cute though um but yeah so then they come on and um brought up how a few weeks ago they had asked for funny home movies and this was a submission that they received and this was totally not what I was expecting from the phrase funny home movie. I was expecting America's Funniest Home Videos, but this was in fact a really good stop motion film, short film with apples as the characters. Yeah, it was called The Apple Follies and it was a bunch of apples. They were all going to see the sauciest peeler and they're all paying. It's basically an apple peep show. And it was cute. And they were like, even some underage apples are sneaking in. And it was like these little baby cherry tomatoes that they like ran in. Um, and then cop apples show up, a cab apples. And <laughs> they, a cab apples, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, 
And all of the apples get arrested, including the apple who was doing her little strip tease, peel tease, whatever. And then there were, the sketch ended with three newspapers being shown on screen. It was like, uh, I can't remember what the first one was, but the second one was director goes berserk. And I think the third was eats whole cast. It's like, what? Yeah, then it like, <laughs> it was the guy who did all the stop motion eating the fucking apples. Yeah. Um, it was very cute. I liked it. It was honestly adorable. And when they did the peeling, uh, which was visually funny, um, <laughs> the audience was laughing really hard in that moment. I noticed I was like, yeah, like they're, yeah. are they as high as I am right now? Because that was funny as hell. They probably were. I'm guessing they probably didn't give too much of a shit if people smoked indoors, whether it was pot or not. It probably just smelled like pot when you walked in, so. Oh, to, I mean, that's actually just my apartment. <laughs> um, the final sketch of the night was odd. Um, it was Dick Cavett introducing... Um, a guy he says oh he's one of the workers and he actually is a really good performer and i don't know who it was i couldn't tell it was al allen peterson al allen peterson thank you <laughs> um and he performs i've gotta be me by sammy davis jr while he's performing this like really sexy striptease taking off his denim jumpsuit and he's wearing like a full bra stockings and garter set and then he opens his lunchbox and he pulls out some heels and it was uh, it was impressive i didn't really know why it was there but he he was doing it it was impressive um when he started to like strip the audience some audience members were screaming they were like so shook <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it was oh. good though. Yeah, and then Dick Cavett came back out for good nights, and that was season one, episode twelve. Yeah. Did you have a favorite sketch? I'm looking right now and trying to figure out. I think my favorite sketch was um probably just the recurring. H and L Brock um, ad. Yeah, I, I like that as well. That was, um, I really liked how every time it was a few different reasons. And so once you got the joke, I was like anticipating. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. What are the shady tax reasons this time? So Yeah, and John Belushi was just, he was good. Yeah, it was the first time we'd seen John Belushi like, I don't know, he was like, playing a character character like every other time you've looked at him you're like oh that's John Belushi and like you could tell it was John Belushi but it wasn't as obvious if that makes sense yeah it wasn't like when he was um the son of uh what's her name and that oh, maybe should I say it? the worst sketch Jane Curtin being on the fucking whatever for this man who's <laughs> Chevy Chase I don't know Oh, God. Yeah, but still, I don't know, man. I'd probably... You kill the dog. I don't think so. I'm just saying, like, 
when when it started off with a dog dying, I, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is going nowhere good. So yeah, that was for my least favorite ever. Whatever the fuck was happening in the gun sketch with Chevy Chase and <laughs> Jane Curtin. So yeah, but yeah, it wasn't a bad episode. It was one of the better from this season, if not the best. Wow, it, it is shaping up to be top. Yeah, it's like it's it's actively like we're I'm watching it. We're watching it get better, and it's like I don't know. That's fun for. I know. I thought there were no Muppets. I, it's I, I I am a Muppet convert. It took it took eleven episodes, but apparently the twelfth episode hits, and I was like, oh no. Yeah, you don't know what you have until it's gone. They they they, they paved the land of Gorch, and they put up. Whatever the fuck the gun sketch was. No! <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you can find us on all major podcast platforms where you can, like, subscribe, rate, and review. You can send us feedback or whatever you want, except nothing inappropriate, please. Uh, at satnighthighpod at gmail.com. I just realized asking people to send us stuff, that could backfire. Sending whatever you want. No, actually. <laughs> right, yeah, no, don't do that. Please don't send whatever you want. Please only send us product recommendations or funny shit that happened while you were high or funny SNL stuff you think we should read or watch. Yeah, um, our username on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit is Sat Night High Pod. Night is spelled N I T E on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Saturday Night High Podcast. Uh, SatNightHighPod.com is our website. And yeah, that's it for me. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Happy highs. Happy Turpin Day. Terpene Terp. Happy. <laughs> Enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner munchies. Yes. Happy highs. <laughs> <laughs>